there's so much going on this week in Poshmark. Um, uh, why'd I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Taylor. And I'm Maddie. And it's time for another episode of Sisters Who Posh. We are two sisters who love thrifting. And have been reselling online for the past few years. We are sharing all of our best tips and tricks along the way. As well as setting goals and updating our progress each week. With brand new episodes every Tuesday. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sisters Who Posh. This week, we will be talking about paying up for inventory. What does that even mean? Do we do it? Like, what's going on? Yes. Is it worth it? Should you do it? (laughs) So much to talk about. Yes. But before we get into that, what is going on this week? There's so much going on this week. Poshmark this week, real time as we're recording, this is the week that Poshmark, you know, switched their search feature to the recommended. And then they ended up switching it back as of today to the just shared. I know we talked about that a few episodes ago, but that's all been going on this week. And in the midst of that, we both decided to run closet sales, which I think was a really good move on our part. Yeah, totally. I know you had posted on Instagram like this is your sign to run a closet sale because a lot of people this last week had been complaining about low sales and that's like one thing we both really like about reselling is sales are slow you can always run a quick promotional sale on your closet and drive sales yourself that way which is really cool but i ended up having a valentine's day sale so it ran from thursday all the way through monday and it was my best sale ever by far it was crazy I had my like highest sales day on Valentine's Day itself, the last day of the sale, oh all day. The, the sale started on Thursday, like I said, and the first couple days of the sale were really strong. I was yeah. like hitting like about five hundred dollars both of those days, and then it kind of started slowing down um, the next couple of days because with the new my shoppers feature, it's like I already had messaged everyone. There was really no one else to reach out to the rest of the weekend. Right. So the sales started kind of tapering off a little bit from there, and then. On Monday, I sent out like the last call message to everyone being like, hey, the sale ends tonight. Like, send me an offer. I'll accept. By like 1 p.m., I was already beating both of the other days that were highest in the sale. And from that, like the rest of the day, I just kept like refreshing and refreshing and refreshing. And all these offers kept coming in and it just ended up being like a crazy day. I sold, I think, definitely over 100 items. I which I think my best sale previously was like I sold 65 items or something and that was like a lot (laughs) so oh my gosh this was a huge increase then yeah yeah I know it was when I was packing it up it was crazy because I the last couple times we've had sales like one of the best parts about having a sale when you're a reseller is that you get to take one of the iconic like package pictures normally um because it's like you know, a condensed period of time where you're making a few more sales than usual. And it's like, that's what you want to take the pictures for Instagram sometimes when you have like a stack to hold or sit next to or whatever it might be. This sale, for some reason, I decided, like I already started making a bunch of sales on Thursday and Friday. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to start like packing these up. And I ended up just going to the post office on Saturday and dropping them off then. 
And I ended up filling up the cart that they give you at the post office on Saturday. <laughs> and then I ended up shipping out the stuff from Saturday and Sunday. I shipped out Monday morning. I had another full cart. Then again, on after the sale was done on Tuesday, I had another full cart. So it was just kind of crazy. Like, I yeah. wish I would have saved it all for one big picture because I think it would have been, like, really crazy to look at. But also, I'm kind of glad I split up the work because it was a lot. That would have been overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Having that many items pulled at once, like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But you must need a new, like, shipping labels and. <laughs> I'm, like, I need new inventory because. True. If, if you've been listening to the last few episodes, I've. But on my journey to 600 listings, I had finally got to 600 listings at the end of January. And the sales started off strong, but it was like not like the first couple of days weren't like that much crazier than like my other sales that I've had. So it was like selling down a little bit. But after my sale, I'm at like 440 active listings now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's like I haven't been that low in a really long time. I think since like November or October. Yeah. I've been able to keep it at least above the 500. So now I feel like oh I got to get to the get to the bins, get to Buffalo Exchange to get get my listings back up again. But it was really exciting to get some of that stuff sent out and a lot of it was stuff I've had for a while, so it was good to clear clear it out. Yeah, your closet's cleared. This would be a Closet good time cleared. to do one of those like inventory audits if yes, you have while I'm low much. stock. Yes. <laughs> or no, like really reorganize. Yeah. My big goal with the sales, I was really trying to get rid of those sweaters and jackets, like I yeah. mentioned. And I feel like that part of it went really well. Good. One secret tip for the running a sale that I tried this time that I would recommend after testing out. If you have a few categories like that, that you're trying to clear out during the sale, you know, if like the seasons are changing and, you know, like the situation I yeah. was in where I'm like, okay, this winter stuff, like I want to sell it now before I have to like hang on to it for the rest of the year. About like halfway through the sale, I had the idea to like share all of my sweaters and jackets to the top of my closet. Mm -hmm. So then all of those items were at the top. So then when people would be like shopping my closet sale, I think that they were just like more like top of mind. And I tried to like mix them in and make them kind of outfitted together or like put like some of my other like nicer items up there too. So kind of elevated the look of some of the sweaters and jackets. Yeah, I was able to sell a bunch of them that way. I'm pretty sure that's why they bought them. <laughs> I nice. can't prove it, I guess, but. That's awesome. Yeah. Was it a lot of bundles again? I had one bundle that was 15 items. So I made this like <laughs> custom poly mailer of like three poly mailers taped together. Yeah, <laughs> when I dropped it off, I was like 50-50 on if it was going to show back up at my house being like, you can't like ship this. It looks like this a weird. body pillow. Yeah, <laughs> so like flimsy. <laughs> so long <laughs> but you should have used like different poly mailers and taped them together oh, like, like patterns yeah yeah i know <laughs> it was time. pretty boring it was just a plain color but it's on its way so it's it's making the journey <laughs> yeah in classic fashion i was inspired by your sale and on sunday at like four or five o'clock i just decided like i'm gonna run a sale for like two days and just see what happens because yeah. i haven't ran a sale since the fall it's been quite a while and yeah it is like what you make of it obviously i could have put in a lot more work boosted the sales and like followed up with people better but like for really minimal effort of like just going to my shoppers 
like you said, like clicking the first name and then scroll, scroll, scroll forever. And then clicking the one at the bottom and sending them all the messages. Like, man, that was efficient. Time saver. (laughs) I had to like go back to the computer a couple of times because it would like go into like sleep mode while it was still going with the messages. But it was really good. I had some like bigger bundles. I had a couple that were like five or six items in the bundle, which was barely ever have anything like that. I made a bunch of sales. I only reached out to people once. I didn't even do the follow-up. I could have done it better. I really only put a few hours into it, but like the most bang for your buck, like just going back to my New Year's resolution of just trying to be efficient. So I'm really excited to do another sale when I have a little more time because it was super motivating that I was able to make as many sales as I did with like not a ton of effort. Yeah, like even with just a little bit of time put into it, you could turn the sales around for the whole month in just like yeah. one or two days. Yeah, exactly. So I know. That's why I feel like it ties into, I know like this last week when there was some changes to the algorithm and I know like everyone on Instagram at least, a lot of people were like panicking because it seemed like their sales were going down. And by running a sale, I mean, I know that you can't do that all the time, but that kind of shows that like that customer engagement piece of it You always have more control of your sales than you think you do. Right. All right. So we received an email this week with a listener win. It is so nice. So we had to read it on the episode today. And it Mm -hmm. comes from Samantha. And she wrote, just wanted to reach out as a new listener to your show. Thanks for all your great information you share and for making it fun. I have two sisters that are my greatest friends and it's so much fun hearing other sisters out there killing it. I've sold on Posh here and there since 2017 just to clear out my own closet, but decided a few weeks ago that I wanted to start doing more resale. I love thrifting and go all the time, so I thought I'd just be putting my skills to use. I've made two sales since I started filling my closet two weeks ago. Not much, but I'm so excited. Thank you for everything you share on the podcast. It helps me reframe some of the things I've looked at when I'm shopping excited to keep listening. Thank you so much, Samantha, for the email. I feel like this is a lot of people's way into Poshmark. They sell a couple of their own things here and there. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of realize you really like thrifting. So you're like, why not? And yeah, it's awesome that you've already made a couple sales within the first couple of weeks. That's always so motivating to keep going with it. So thank you so much for reaching out and kudos. Yes. Thank you so much for the email. We love hearing you're close with your sisters too. You know, if you listen to the podcast, obviously we're BFFs with each other and we also have like a million other sisters too. So (laughs) definitely love love the sisterhood. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We also received a message on Instagram this week that kind of ties into our updates from the week. We had someone message asking... She said, I am currently doing a name your own price sale inspired by you guys, and I keep getting a ton of likes, but no offers yet. What do you do with the likes? Send them an offer or another message? Mm. Mm. So we did do a full episode about how to run a closet sale. That was like the full topic for the week, but I can't remember what exactly we went over point by point on there. One thing that we like to do because that does happen a lot, especially during the name your own price sales, but really any sale you're having where you send out all the messages saying, hey, I'm having a sale. 
And then people start like liking or bundling items, but then they don't pull the trigger on anything. (laughs) Yeah. So you're kind of like, well, now what do I do? So one thing that has worked really well for us is if someone starts liking a bunch of items and disappear, we will just start adding those liked items to their bundle for them. Then send them a message. We like, I know I have like in my phone, uh, one of those text replacements for this exact situation where then it will send send them a message that just says like, hey, I'm like loving everything you picked out. Let me know if you have any questions. Otherwise, just shoot me an offer and I will accept it now or like separate it right away. Something <laughs> like that. Trail off a little. <laughs> dot, 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 no, just dot. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just I kidding, ended that a little weird, but okay. But you know what I mean? So you're just yeah. like, okay, like send me an offer. I'll accept it right now. Yeah. And um, that would also be a great place to slip in if you're going to the post office later, being like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, like, loving everything you picked out. Let me know if you have questions. Otherwise, feel free to send me an offer. I can ship this today. I'm heading to the post office in an hour. Just get that urgency going. And then that's kind of like my first line of defense against yeah. the people that like stuff and then disappear. And then if they still didn't send an offer after that, then usually like the next day, I'll like go to my notifications and sort it by likes, see if there's anyone that has liked a few items like that. And then I'll go in and actually just send them like my lowest offer on their bundle. I think there's so many positives in running a name your own price sale, but I feel like the one downside is some people feel a little awkward. Like they like don't know what a good fair price would be. They don't want to lowball you. And then they kind of right. just like bail out on the whole thing. Cause they're like, this is just awkward. This is awkward. Yeah. I've had so, people message me before too, being like, "Do you really mean any offer? Like, yeah, I don't lowball you." <laughs> so sometimes I'll even just if they say something like that, I'll just skip the middle step and I'll just go and send them like, "Hey, this is my best offer," and give them, yeah. you know, figure out a good price for that would be good for me, just yeah. to kind of get the ball rolling. Yeah, I've done that before, and then I've also done where like. Like, I promise, like, no low offer will offend me. Like, just send me your oh, best yeah. offer. I'll counter back with my lowest if it's if it's uh, too low or something. Just uh, that's, like, the big worry they have a lot of times. So, like, they're, you're going to, like, get mad at them Locked. or something. For... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah. kind of comes with the territory with the name your own price sale. So, yeah, it's definitely in their court to, like, send the first offer. So, yeah, it's a little different. I do think it's worth if you send them an offer, writing it out in the comments being like, I just sent you my best offer, especially with the name your old price sale. I feel like you shouldn't really like play the like negotiating game as yeah. much. You should just actually figure out like, okay, if I want to double my cost or whatever price you're okay with, just send them that offer. I feel like people are pretty responsive to that. I know I had one where I sent it later at night and I sent like this is my best offer and then they bought it the next day so. so like the offers are so not personal so I think any little extra message kind of makes it seem yeah. way more human and they're like oh, okay like it seems like you're more like making a deal and more not just like a number they can just like keep trying to like nickel and dime you with you know right definitely this is making me want us to do another episode on how you run a sale because i i think we did that episode after like our first sale ever basically and we both had the chance to run a few different sales now and i think we have a few other tricks up our sleeve that we might be able to share so definitely yeah that's a good idea keep your eyes peeled for a part two coming soon yes (laughs) 
Okay, so that brings us to the main event of this week's episode. We're talking all about paying up for items. Is it worth it? What do we consider paying up? And just really all the info about the different business models you could use for your Poshmark reselling business. Yeah, so first we wanted to just go over the difference of what we consider like the low cost model versus the paying up model to reselling. So I guess we can start with the low cost model, kind of explain what it is and some pros and cons of using this model. So obviously, as the name implies, low cost means, you know, you're picking items up for a really low price, a dollar to and hoping to sell a lot of items like that. So it's more of a high volume to be successful method. Yes. So the biggest pro is that it's just not quite as risky for each item. Since you're paying less upfront for each like individual item, there's less at stake. You don't feel like all your money's like tied up in inventory becoming yeah. Lou Rowe st- status. Just <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Lou> yeah. Rich. <laughs> so that's like the huge pro of the low cost model. And when we think of the low cost model, we think of like going to the bins, shopping the dollar days at the thrift store or the like customer appreciation at Goodwill, garage sales. Those are great places to find really low cost of goods for reselling. Like you were saying, it's it's less risky. And I feel like you can take risks in other ways, though, where you can take more risks on like um, style or like vintage because you're getting it for such a cheap cost. It's not a monetary yeah. risk, but you can take like style fashion risks. Yeah, you're not <laughs> that makes necessarily. Sense. <laughs> yeah, like with the low cost of goods, the, another pro of a low cost of goods model would be like, there's just a bigger group of people that are willing to spend like $20 on an item in general, where there's a smaller market of people that are willing to pay like $500 for a single item of clothing. So that is a huge pro of the low cost model. Yes. The con is in order to drive like a profitable business, you do have to crank them out. Yeah, you got to crank out a lot of sales <laughs> to get the same amount of profit. A lot of times tied up in that. But the good news is it is typically a way bigger audience you're be- you're selling to because it's like who wouldn't spend $20 for a shirt, you know? Right. So then when we think about the like paying up model as opposed to the low cost model, this one you're obviously spending more money up front for the items with the hopes of getting a higher profit per item. So then you don't have to sell as many. So maybe you spend $30 on one item and sell it for $200 instead of buying three items for $10 and selling it for the same, like $200. You're just trying to hopefully be more efficient when you're paying up and getting that high sale price. Because when you think about it, like either way, no matter how much you're going to sell an item for, it's going to take basically the same amount of time for you to like source it, list it, like take pictures of it, like write the description for it and then share it. So if you have like one item that's worth a lot more and you only have to do that whole process once to get the same payout of like five items at the lower cost model, there's kind of like a, a tipping balance scale of 
making the same amount of money with this like less time invested using the paying up method. Definitely. This method definitely comes with more risk because you you only get the one item for $30. Like hopefully you didn't make a mistake, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> and hopefully it's still relevant and doesn't have any flaws and things like that and just sells you, your eggs are all in one basket with this method. Yeah, that can just come with a little more pressure to like pick up the right things and where if you're buying items for like a dollar or two, it's like, well, if it's not a showstopper, it's less of a risk. Agreed. Uh, another thing to consider with paying up is it requires more cash flow up front or like an initial investment upfront yeah. more so than low cost. I feel like it's very attainable for almost anyone to start a low cost business model by first like selling their own clothes and then using the profits from that to like source some inventory at a lower cost and then flip that and then kind of keep going from there. I know that's like how we both started out obviously. Yeah. Whereas if you're really going for that that paying up business model, it's either going to take you a long time to kind of build it up where it's like a full profitable business or you'll need to have like some money up front to like get it started because I'm thinking starting out a paying up method you'd have to like like let's say you're selling your own clothes you sell those you have a little bit of money and then you buy like one item then you have to wait until that item sells you're not like waiting for multiple items to sell as you kind of mentioned right. so and then in order to get the money from that to flip the next one, you would either have to be willing to wait to grow your business as long as that would take, or you'd have to be willing to like be in the red for a while until right. more of it started flipping. I think it's really good to start with a low cost model as a new reseller. And then I feel like we're both kind of in this middle phase where it's like, yes, we would like to be selling things at a higher ASP. And I think that's yeah. what we're working towards, but we're both also like not wanting to be in the red ever in our business. So right. for us, it's kind of like a mix. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. We've never had like put in like a lot of our own money into our reselling business. It's always just like putting back in. Rolling the, the money. Yeah. Reinvesting. Yeah. It's not like I'm using the money from my full-time job to like fund reselling yeah. at this point. Yeah. I think it's no, good. I think, thing, I think it's good that I don't know. I think I think it can get risky if you're if you start out in the red and you're kind of counting your chickens before they hatch. I think it's good to get started part time, like you know, yeah, sell it on the side, keep reinvesting, reinvesting, reinvesting until you're making enough consistent sales where you have like a thrifting budget basically based, based on the amount of money you're making from reselling itself. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. And when we think of paying up where we would maybe get these items from is like a buy sell trade store online or from like a retail arbitrage TJ Maxx situation. Sometimes they'll have at thrift stores or like Goodwill, they'll have like the items behind the counter. I've never Or sometimes because... Goodwill is just like they think they have a really great item so they decide to market at like 39.99. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they take some liberties. You could pay up anywhere, yeah. But yes. typically the ones where they're for sure going to kind of have it marked up is going to be the three you mentioned. Right. Yeah, so I guess for us, you kind of hinted at it. We do more of a hybrid model. We definitely started off as like low cost only and have kind of moved into doing a little bit of a mix. 
paying up for something dollar amount wise has changed a lot for us where like even a year ago yeah paying like 10 bucks for something was like to me that was almost like paying up you know yeah there's definitely like a full sliding scale of what paying up could mean to different people like obviously you know if you're considering like going to the bins as like the low cost and then even sometimes that goodwill if you're paying like seven to ten to twelve dollars depending on how much you're planning to flip flip that for that could still be considered paying up i think for a lot of people but then there's also the whole world of like luxury and designer items where some people pay like upwards of $150 for one item and then they are going to sell it for like $500 or $600 or something like that. It's just all about like what you want to do because it sounds crazy to pay $150 for one item. To me still, like I don't know if I would feel comfortable doing that. But like if you can make like $500 off something of profit on that. Right. Yeah. If you have the knowledge to know what to pick, because I think about it too, where it's like, I'll spend $150 buying a bunch of items for like 10 bucks and hoping to get that much for it (laughs) you know yeah it's kind of all the same it's just about a matter of how you want to do it and what your knowledge is but would I be comfortable getting one item yeah yeah, for that same price not really because I don't know enough about it but yeah and that's why I think like early on you know, if you've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, it's like, we don't, we did not know a lot of brands. We still don't know a lot of brands compared to a lot of resellers. Now that we have been doing it a while, we definitely know more than when we started. And yeah, early on to pay $10 for something, we didn't know that many brands. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't know that many brands that we could sell for like $50, you know? Right. Yeah. But yeah. So I feel like that was like kind of our first step getting comfortable knowing a few brands that's like, oh no, you can pay like 10, even 15, $16 for, and you know that you can sell it pretty quickly for like a higher sales price than what we were originally selling for. And then I think the next step after that would be like, okay, I'm going to pay like 20 to $30 and sell it for like a hundred, $150 is like the next tier that like we're starting to dabble in. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's what we consider paying up right now. Either of us have ever like paid up like a hundred something dollars for one item before. Right. But I know people that do it and they they do really well. So got to do what's best for you. Yeah. I think if we were already like really into like luxury brands before we were into yes. reselling and like knew what to look for and we didn't touch on this. What but the coveted items thing, were. Yeah. Another thing with the paying up method is just like worrying about authenticity for like luxury items. Yes. Which like we do not have a lot of experience with just because we don't like own a lot of luxury (laughs) brands ourselves. So it's stressful. There's so many knockoffs of things. Once you hit a certain price tier, then there's so many like shady things going on with people making knockoffs. And I feel like when you stick to like more mid luxury or like just like higher end mall brands, I guess they can sell for a little bit more than like fast fashion stuff but then they're not like being knocked off really so we don't have to worry about that quite yet right. with where we've been at but yeah the designer stuff you have to worry about that yeah and one big con for that is i know on poshmark specifically when you have to get something if, if you make 500 then they require that it gets shipped to poshmark's third-party authenticating 
I don't know if it's a warehouse or what exactly it is, but <laughs> it has to kind of stop there first. They like verify that the item is real and then they'll ship it to the buyer. And I know sometimes that can kind of like slow down the turnaround. I think people, when they're buying luxury items, kind of understand they're used to this process yeah. and know that that's going to be part of it. But it's not going to be like two day shipping like it is with some of the other items where you ship them and they, they show up right away. They have to go through this whole other process through Poshmark. And then I know on Mercari, you can pay them a small fee and then they'll authenticate for you. And you can even buy like a certificate too for your items if you list them over a certain price over there as well, which is kind of nice. Upfront? Yeah, I, I know I did oh, it nice. with, uh, when I had that Christian Louboutin purse, I never stopped talking about. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I listed it on Mercari and it was like if you're going to list something above a certain price there, they require that you you either have to lower the price or you have to authenticate it with them. But it was, I think, I think sometimes they run promotions where you can do it free. But I think when I did it, it was like $5 and you just had to send, it had you like send pictures of like, it was like the front, the back, the inside, show this certain tag, do this. Then after like five days, you got an email being like, yep, it's, it's authenticated. And then they put the little badge uh, check mark next to your item you're listing saying it's authenticated and that made me feel better about listing that person on Poshmark too because I'm like okay at least I know it's like yeah you know because like we were saying we don't really know a lot about authenticating things <laughs> that seems like a better system I mean obviously you know people could still do like shady things with that of like take the pictures yeah. of the real one they have and then send out the fake but yeah that's nice that you can kind of do that process up front without having to send it in and take yeah. that extra time to like, because also like obviously from the buyer's end, if it takes a while for you to ship it to the authenticator for Poshmark and then them to ship it to the buyer, that obviously takes time. But as the reseller, I mean, if you could have like hundreds of dollars tied up just in that pending yeah. balance, just waiting. Exactly. <laughs> you don't get paid until it's accepted by the buyer. Yeah. So. Yeah, it definitely slows that all down. So next we wanted to share some examples from real life of us paying up and if it paid off, did it not pay off? Yes. Here's the details. <laughs> yes. So one thing I've been doing a little more experimenting with, I know we've been like a broken record talking about our love for Buffalo trading, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I feel like where... I felt comfortable like taking those risks because now that I'm trading in some stuff, I have a little bit of store credit. It kind of takes the edge off of paying up for some of these items because it's not like cash coming right out of my pocket. Yeah. Um, I've been able to find a few items at Buffalo that some of them have flipped. Some of them haven't, I haven't sold yet, but we still wanted to mention. The first one was I found a pair of Manolo Blahnik shoes. They were like floral, metallic high heel sandals that they had at Buffalo and they had them marked for like $65, but they had them stamped with the red half off tag. So I got them for like $37, $38 and they ended up selling within a few weeks for $206. So that's like the example of what I would want to do with this like paying up method. And I'm uh, trying to incorporate a little yeah. bit more of that, especially with the Buffalo trading credits of like, okay, 
I'm still basically doing a low cost business model for the most part, but from here and there, sprinkling in, trading in a few items for these higher end items that can flip it for that higher profit yeah. for just one single item. So that one's yeah, super that's exciting. Like, that's like the dream at Buffalo to yes. <laughs> flip it for that much. Yeah. Even just a I couple know... of those throughout the month really increases your overall total. So yeah, it really yeah. helps. I've been trying to go there like every week still and at least getting that's why I'm trying to focus more on those kind of hidden gem items rather than yeah. at Buffalo you, I've done it before where I get go there I have like store credit and then I find all these Madewell jeans or um, yeah. good American jeans which still are like not a bad pickup but sometimes they do have them priced a little high at Buffalo where I have the store credit so it's kind of like I don't really know what side I'm on right now. If I if it is a good call to pick them up still and then flip them, but I'm really looking keeping an eye out for these items that I can sell for like hundreds of dollars or like over yeah. at least over hundred and fifty dollars or something with yeah, that credit. Yeah, that's a good mindset to have. I kind of feel so- like the credit from Buffalo is like free play because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the items you're giving them are like the ones you've had in your closet, like no one is buying these you would be stuck with them forever like it's yeah. a lost cause yeah so, so if I you can't like find there's... anything else some of those made wells and stuff it's still i still have been doing it like i'm not yeah. gonna lie but but they only sell for like 50 or 60 whereas like yeah which is still good for getting a free credit but really exciting to get traded in for the hunt for the 206 dollars oh shoes <laughs> to your point like the stuff we're trading in in our situation it's like actually not moving it hasn't moved for two years in our closets or it's stuff that i paid per pound for like a dollar so right it's totally free play (laughs) (laughs) exactly another item from buffalo a mark jacobs crossbody bag uh i paid 28 dollars and the comps are kind of all over but a lot of them were at least over 150 so i have it listed for 188 dollars in my closet right now it's been getting likes but no one's pulled the trigger yet just being patient with that one and then one that was what color it's black it's just it's kind of just a classic so the the con of that is there's quite a few of them listed on poshmark right now um but the good news is it's it's a classic so i feel like it will sell just oh, yeah. in time one from my valentine's day sale here was a pair of <laughs> they were like nude colored ankle boots and they had this really cool like i don't know how to explain it like it was a black heel but like kind of funky like angular and they're by the brand i think it's pronounced lock it's l-o-q that was another buffalo find where they had a march for like thirty dollars, and just by like the way they looked and the way that heel was cool looking, I just ended up checking comps on it, and they were selling for like one hundred and fifty, hundred and twenty, two hundred, just depending on the style. So I paid thirty for those, and then I sold them in my name your own price sale for one hundred and fourteen. So that was really exciting wow. too. That's awesome. Yes. So I have a couple examples of paying up as well. No surprise, they're Patagonias. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have two Patagonias that I paid $30 for, which I would consider paying up. And mm-hmm. I sold them both. They sell pretty quickly for me. So I like picking these up. I sold one for 81 and one for 85 That's something I feel like I'm always on the lookout for at Play-Dohs. They have them at yes, pretty good price. I think at Buffalo Exchange, they have them marked a little too high. 
but yeah I'm still on the search for like a really cute like vintage one all the ones I've found have been more like recent so yeah you have to keep your eyes peeled yeah those always sell so quickly too which is awesome yes definitely like you always sell them like that week (laughs) yes I feel like I once it sells then I'm like allow myself to go get another one I don't ever want to have 10 Patagonias I don't know it it just (laughs) stresses me out (laughs) see we're still like not that comfortable with the paying up if we're honest yeah (laughs) we don't like to have all our money like locked up in inventory yeah exactly (laughs) yeah two other brands similar story to the Patagonias um we find these a lot at the Play-Dohs or the Buffalo is the Goldie jeans and Aritzia Wilfred especially Wilfred leather pants we found those two brands for about like 30 bucks maybe 28 bucks something like that you can usually sell them for about a hundred dollars and it's the pricing with those so like we include them on our list because sometimes they have them priced at 30s dollars but like sometimes we even find them for cheaper at play-doh so yeah it's not really a paying up situation but two brands would be kind of on the lookout for that we would be willing to pay up for since they do sell pretty quickly and for a lot yeah when i was going through my sales (laughs) i was (laughs) noticing some of my best sales are all things i spent 16 dollars on which is kind of like i'd say in between (laughs) yeah and then i was looking at ones that i have paid up and sometimes I just get so nervous that I accept an offer and only don't make as exciting of a profit just because yeah. I get scared. So, I mean, it kind of comes down to what you're comfortable with, because I feel like if I have an item that I paid $16 for, I'm more comfortable like waiting for a good offer. Yeah. Where sometimes you're, if I have it's a not item, putting you out too much. Yeah. It's the perfect amount. <laughs> exactly. So you got to find your your sweet spot yeah i feel like all this is also relative to like how many listings you have in your closet because i feel like that kind of affects like how many regular sales you're making and it's just like kind of scary to have only like a couple items in your closet even if they're worth more like you kind of want to i don't know for me there's just like safety and having like a high number of listings in my closet because there's just multiple things that could sell at any given time (laughs) and so for me that means lower cost of goods right now right but yeah, that's kind of our take on paying up. Any other final thoughts? My only thought, I mean, I would love to get more comfortable with paying up. Even just listening to some of the items you've found at Buffalo Exchange recently and had success with are like accessories and shoes. Yeah. And that is something I definitely want to get in the habit at least of going to look at and checking comps, even if I don't end up picking them up, just to kind of see what's out there. And be more familiar. I mean, because that's true. Paying up for just even a couple items a month, doing like a couple Buffalo trips and getting a few items like this. I mean, it can really add up. Like just looking at the examples that you gave, it's like 600 bucks off of three items, you know, like that can really make or break your month. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So. I didn't really put this together till you just mentioned it now, but like, I think shoes is a good category to start with if you're wanting to kind of experiment with paying up. Cause I feel like shoes sell faster than clothes for some reason, hmm. but we both kind of shied away from shoes because a lot of times, unless you're willing to pay up for shoes a little bit, the condition of the shoes at Goodwill is going to be a factor for us. Um, yeah. Or 
knowing the brands there's so many shoe brands but i feel like going to buffalo the way i found both of these brands the manolo i had heard of that before but like the lock boots it was just like literally looking at what shoes the buffalo had priced higher than the rest of their shoes and i'm like oh that must be that's pretty cool and then checking those comps definitely yeah i feel like the buffalo exchange employees are like pretty well trained in brands or just like have a lot of fashion experience and they're when you're just shopping there there's so many good items and brands that you just don't see at other places as frequently so yeah that's a good thought to specifically look at buffalo to see what they're pricing up to see yeah to learn some brands that way I know at My Buffalo too, kind of like we mentioned at Goodwill, they have like the stuff behind the counter sometimes. They have some stuff behind the counter at Buffalo too. That's where I got that Marc Jacobs bag. So when you're checking out, I mean, I've been trying to try to do a glance because I feel like that's where they have a lot of their more designer stuff. And some of it didn't seem to be priced too high. So that's also a good spot to maybe check comps. I know it's awkward asking them, but yeah, might as well. <laughs> I saw these white Doc Martens at Plato's recently that were behind the counter. And I can't remember what the price was set at. But like while I was checking out, I just searched on Poshmark to see how much they're yeah. selling for. Just because I was like, I know full That's price, cool. you know, they're, <laughs> yeah. I know they're really in style and I know full price, they're expensive, but I just didn't know. And I mean, they're selling for a good price. But then I got nervous because, and then I looked at them and there was like one little scratch and then I got nervous and I didn't do it. But <laughs> I'm kind of regretting it. You probably it. should have. Yeah. I know. Please rub it in more. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Lots to consider. But yeah, I agree. We both need to try to try to do it a little bit more than we have been. Because if, even if you if we could make one or two sales a month, like you're saying, it does add up. If I mean, your goal for the month this month, during your busy season here, it's like just a couple hundred dollars or whatever. It's going to be made in a couple of these sales. Yeah. Two sales, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom, done. done. <laughs> Everything else is just straight profit. <laughs> exactly. And same for me. Like it's, I feel like it just adds up so much quicker than all the little sales yeah. that I have. So it's like that is the benefit of paying off. Is it's just one, one or two sales could change your whole week. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, let us know on Instagram if you are paying up for items. What do you consider paying up? We'd love to get some feedback. I think we should do some polls on our stories again with this episode. Yeah. That way we can find out, like, hear from hear from the listeners of what they consider paying up and, like, what some of their best success stories of paying up have been. Yes. Awesome. So we are recording this one week before the month ends, so we decided to just wait until next week to give our final totals for the month. So no goals update this week, but we'll be back next week. Don't freak with a goals update. And if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to leave us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. We love reading those reviews. Yeah, it means a lot to us and helps our podcast grow. And if you have a question or a listener win you'd like to share with us and have us share on an upcoming episode, you can email us at sistersuposh at gmail.com or message us on Instagram. We are at sistersuposh. All right. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Love you, Maddie. Love you too. Bye. Bye.
Awesome. I know. Good question. Oh, sorry. Still going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just move on. I know. You were going to say something you said. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the question. I'll just skip it. 